Welcome everyone to the Hilliard Beacon Audio Companion number 54. I am one of your hosts, Jordan Smith, and I'm joined this evening by Tim Hoffman. Good evening. And Kevin Corvo. Welcome to our Leap Day episode oh, yes. of the Beacon. The Leap Day. Uh, we were leaping all over town today, if uh, the social media of the city is to be <laughs> believed. Um a few other things were leaping in the pre-dawn hours of uh, today. <laughs> I think there was a was that no, today or yesterday? That was, that was yesterday. Yesterday morning. See, February folks, for those 20th. of you out there in listener land that may not be aware of my <laughs> particular situation, I work mostly in the middle of the night. In that, uh, your day is my night. My night is your day, and a lot of times the day to day, a.m. p.m. 12-hour situation kind of confuses your humble donut host sometimes. <laughs> so uh, there was a, a tornado touchdown just south of Roberts Road uh, and near Walcott, and we had some damage uh, to several homes, no injuries and no fatalities. Thank goodness. Uh, and that was very fortunate because this was some severe storm damage. I saw some photos. People were coming through the shop all morning, um, you know, showing me what they had taken on their phones. A lot of blown-out garages, a lot of blown-out walls. I mean, fully knocked-out garage walls. There was a garage that blew somebody else's wall out? Oh, yeah, lifted up and basically thrown. Uh, it, it was intense. I, what's uh, around the table really quick? What's everybody's experience with these weather phenomenon? When I was growing up, I, I saw a funnel cloud once on a golf course, and that was scary. And then a little bit down the road from my little hometown, there was a tornado that touched down and uh, wiped out a, a gardening center. But that was it, and maybe some, some mobile trailers and things like that. But that's been my only experience with tornadoes or severe weather events of that nature. Tim, how about you? You're looking at me with some concern. Well, <laughs> you know, my childhood in New Jersey, it was mostly... Um, we didn't have tornadoes. It was mostly high blood pressure from all the <laughs> salt-heavy diet was our main concern. And that, you know, they didn't have a siren for that. And the the kind of weather you get off the coast of the Atlantic in that area is mostly just persistent miserable. You know, I mean, like if it's going to be cold and wet, it's going to be driving in your face. And if it's going to be breezy and pleasant, it's going to be breezy and pleasant. But it's not a severe weather landing zone necessarily from the ocean. Well, we would get hurricane. We would get lots of rain from hurricanes we were pretty far inland but you know jers get smacked by hurricanes here really? and there i wasn't aware i guess yeah that's yeah they'll they'll come up and and do some damage and roll the coast essentially for sure nice for sure and well, we I would say get, nice that's terrible well, whatever we were on the other side of the pine barrens from the ocean so we would get heavy rain and some wind but it was we never got the full brunt of a of a hurricane gotcha Kevin, any uh, any experiences throughout life or here nothing, in Hilliard that you recall? No, no, nothing that involved uh, anything close to a tornado. Um, high winds a few times. Um, I was driving in northeast Ohio once and watched. It was maybe 200 feet in front of me, and the treetops were shaking, and it just some lateral winds down the top of a tree into some power lines, and they had just... So dropped. The whole thing actually I, I saw in front of me several hundred feet, and the cars that were right next to it checked up, and the brake lights came on. And that was just a heavy weather that was in and around the area while I was driving. Definitely um, somewhat exciting. I can still remember that, um, but nothing, nothing at home or here in Hilliard. Um, 
Uh, I think Ohio, really, you have to go back to almost early 2000s. There was a very serious tornado in Van Wert, uh, 2002, that killed four people, I want to say. Yikes. Uh, and it was it was severe and, and very powerful. Um, when I was at the shop, again, just referencing my overnight work hours. I was about hours, to ask you, Jordan, tell us about the uh, excitement about a week ago next door. Oh, sure. Well, I, I'll tell the quick tornado story first, and then we'll get <laughs> into um, the attempted robbery. Uh, the tornado and the, the high winds or the storm, I think they're even a little hesitant to call it a tornado yet. Uh, but I think that's been said. But at, at any rate, uh, at the shop right down the street, it got very intense for about 15 minutes. Wind uh, put the flags out straight and then changed direction really suddenly. Hate that. I saw that happen and I thought, oh, that's a, that's a bad sign. But um, in our location, we didn't really suffer too badly but again just down the street uh people's lives kind of really upended so uh in the coming days we'll look to support those people and help them out in the community however we can T- uh, kevin go ahead i and think then I'll that's tell the nature the of tornadoes uh, you'll, you'll have a house leveled and no damage across the street right i think that's sometimes how it seems to work oh sure so the unpredictable nature of that stuff with tornadoes yeah so. skipping skipping like a top kind of mm-hmm. jumping down the street sometimes going over homes to destroy uh, others and there can be uh, no telling in those situations what made one or the other happen so the important thing is to just help support those folks however we can uh, in the coming days and I'm sure we will uh, hear more about that as we go along but uh, just alert uh, I guess alluding to <clears throat> my personal excitement overnight in the shop I've I've been there 15 years I've seen plenty of strange, odd, weird things. I've uh, been around when other places were burglarized before, but this was a little different as a uh, uh, one morning last week, uh, a van whipped in uh, to the parking lot very quickly, kind of pulled around the pumps, and I noticed it because I was rolling a rack of donuts to the front of the shop, and I said, oh, man, this, this guy's really moving. Kind of pulled up in front of the Darby Mart, and uh, before I could clock really what had happened, a couple people had jumped out of the van. A uh, guy had slammed it into reverse and backed right into the doors, uh, smashed in. I guess uh, at that point I picked up the phone, called the police. Um, and what I thought was the funniest thing is uh, the Darby Mart next door has some of the most incredible security cameras I've ever seen. Uh, and the owner of the convenience store was live watching the thing happen on the phone with the police department. (laughs) As I was on the phone with the police department, giving them no information, he was like, okay, they're at the front of the store. They're doing this. They're doing this. I guess the uh, game plan was to uh, steal the ATM and they used a strap, tied it to the van that they stole and uh, tried to yank the (laughs) ATM out of there. They were unsuccessful, smashed up a decent portion of the store left the van running and abandoned out front. I assume they stole it from someone else. Um, And then they kind of headed on down the road out the back and got away. So uh, there's, I'm sure, an ongoing investigation into that and what's going on. I've heard from other people in the uh, Darby Mart that they said that they had heard that there was a string of similar smash and grabs that might have been tied in some way together. Hmm. 
but there is no uh, hard information on that yet or anything like that. It's just you know essentially shop talk around the area of what people are uh, interested in and what people want to conjecture about. But uh, it's important to keep your head on a swivel out there, even in Hilliard, Ohio. For sure. That was a Columbus police investigation, though. Oh, I fair enough. Point out. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I called 911. I think my response was routed to Columbus because we are on the other side of the street. They were there within a few minutes and raced right up to the front, went right in. Good. But uh, apparently the they had absconded out the back, unsuccessful in getting the ATM out or any money out of it. So I don't know. Columbus I don't know if they just grabbed stuff to off cover, the shelves. A lot, lot more ground to cover. So sometimes they can't always get there as quickly. Um, mm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's um, interesting that there's you know, territorial issues and things of that nature, boundaries that can't be overstepped. But uh, no one was hurt. No one was injured. And we were all we were all just tucked into the donut shop, locked up, saying, well, a couple of my. <laughs> I did a story um, well, 10 years ago, maybe 12 years ago, and there was a body that was dumped in the wooded area like across from Nasties mm-hmm. in, in the wooded area between Behind, Lee yeah. Road and side of Darby. Yeah. And this is where the boundary jumps from Hillary to Columbus from Hillary to Columbus. It, that's just where the line is. So the woman whose body was left um, had overdosed on drugs and her partner decided he didn't want to answer any questions about how that happened. So that's where the body was left. He was ultimately charged with abuse of a corpse, which is a criminal charge. Um, but uh, he he wasn't otherwise responsible for anything. But without there, witnesses, you couldn't really do <laughs> depraved indifference or anything like that. Or right. But Hilliard and Columbus had to figure out whose investigation it is, who's the body on, and it turned out it was in Columbus. So mm-hmm. Hilliard. Detectives were in that particular incident, did not need to be involved in the investigation that resulted in what I just Hilliard triumphed explained. once again. What? Not my problem. <laughs> I say, not my problem over there on uh, that side of the well, street. Well, true. I mean, there's been a number of well, homicides that have been several miles outside Hilliard's jurisdiction. So um, in that instance, yeah, Hilliard, Hilliard's last... We're off topic now, aren't we? Hilliard's last homicide was the... Uh, VIP? No, there was one uh, a couple years after that, and it was a mother... I'm sorry, a, a son who killed his mother. And that that was maybe a year or two after that. And that was still 10 years ago, 11 years ago. I think I think 2011 was the VIP, or 2010, 2010, 2011 was the double double homicide of the VIP... And maybe two years after that was a, a man who killed his mother. And that was somewhere on the western edge of the city, Roberts Road and Walker Road, somewhere out in that area. And it was just inside the city limit of Hilliard. Well, it's fairly rare, mm-hmm. but when the tranquility of the community shattered mm-hmm. either by violence, robbery, theft, or natural disaster, you kind of have to look around, see what resources are in place. And uh, the police response was solid over at uh, the Darby Mart. And I hope that given the security footage, they can they can find their way to some kind of resolution there. And 
uh, given that we know that the damage from the tornado and the storms was relatively minor and contained, we should be able to target some relief to the families that suffered in those situations and, and get everybody back on their feet fairly quickly. And, uh, practice some good reactionary moves instead of bad reactionary moves. So instead of being afraid, nervous, or scared of things, we can uh, reach out, embrace each other in our communities, and try to help uh, all these situations uh, resolve. And one person that is, unfortunately, beyond the scope of our assistance, uh, our small suburban assistance, is Guy Fieri. Oh, I saw the news. It's tough. It's tough when you come to Columbus with... Uh, you know, a certain a certain aesthetic based on the the internet viral meme of Flavortown being located in Columbus, Ohio. Homage selling probably a boatload of shirts gave them an idea that hey, this is where we can put this. Um, they have not given any uh, reasons or any insight into the sure reasons we'll behind the cancellation. What's that? I'm not sure we'll get a detailed explanation. Why. Probably won't. Uh, mm-hmm. on the plus side. Guy maintains his good dude categorization by donating money still to the charities that were originally supposed to benefit from the Flavortown Fest and people that he had made arrangements with to create events and things like that. I don't know. And tickets will be refunded and everything else is going to happen. Just seems like uh, a big miss from a promotional standpoint as far as what they thought would go off and what actually uh, turned out to not uh, generate the interest or you know there may be there may be other explanations but if you're not going to tell people why you're canceling <laughs> the unforeseen circumstances are probably low ticket sales the vibe i got was i was just wondering do they uh, just wondering if they knew what they were doing and unfortunately now we'll never get to find out well it was an interesting attempt to mash a lot of things right. when you say uh food and funk and you're talking about bringing in world-renowned chefs and all this other stuff and, and, a, and a real foodie atmosphere. You'd think, oh, great. I mean, Columbus loves Food Truck Fest. We brought it here to Hilliard not too long ago, and it still manages to do very well out there. I loved it downtown in downtown Columbus because I just like an excuse to go down there, really. But I love having it here in the fairgrounds, too. I just think that whatever they were shooting for, whether it was bad promotional strategy or whether it was too much in one basket, maybe they couldn't draw the right mix of people based on the, the offering. I don't know. But uh, going forward, it might be some time before we see another attempt at a, a major festival outside the ones that already exist uh, here in, in this area. What do you guys think of this? I hope that they get it sorted and are able to pull off a successful event maybe next year. I think there's a germ of a cool idea in there. I think it could be a really cool event. Yeah. Um, and there are some things that they need that I, it seems like they still need to figure out as mm-hmm. far as messaging and what it's about as far as cost structure and, and kind of. It's pricey too. 160 something for two days. I mean, that's I saw stiff. the ticket prices for it. It was 400 and something for some VIP package. 
Well, when you do an event like that, you definitely want to have VIP stuff, and the sky's the limit for that. If you can provide, mm -hmm. if there are customers that want to spend $1,200 to have a great time for two days, get that money. Oh, sure. Or a lot of that sale is for corporations. You're selling suites and whatever to people in an arena setting, but down at a festival setting, I imagine it's an exclusive tents and, and exclusive areas that provide better views of the stage and all these other things. I don't know that that would be... Like, logistically, I don't think that people that put on large productions like this, I think they know how to do that. I just think there's probably a, a misfire in the promotional element well, of it some way. And somehow. we've seen, we've remember the Fire Festival and some of these other, you know, huge events that turned out to be disasters. I think maybe I, when... <laughs> Everything I heard about this was I like this could go well or it could be a story like that. And so it's probably smart for them to pull the plug on it if it was headed in that direction. I do think that an event like Flavortown could be pulled off and could be like something really cool. And I'm guessing it wasn't headed that direction this year. Right. Hopefully um, they figure that out. I would love to see an event called Flavortown in Columbus. That sounds awesome. It gets but back you got you got to do it right. Yeah. And it gets back to something we've gestured at a lot as we've gone through these last years of working in this area of being on the Internet is that what looks good on a social media page or what goes viral or whatever. I mean, that stuff is so immaterial and so illusory and so quick to evaporate. Something that seemed like a great idea three to seven weeks ago as far as like, yeah, let's do a festival. I mean, you get the initial results and of ticket sales and whatever else it just the reality might be so far separated from the perception of what it was online as far as the memes the viral nature of flavor town and all this other stuff he thought he was coming into a slam dunk as far as an easy setup easy promotion <clears throat> easy ad spending etc etc when those initial ticket sale numbers didn't come back right the course correction might have been too much for the budgets that were established etc etc you know, it, some of my background is working on very large events. Yeah, conventions and things. And and those, and I've been at them where we were a, a tiny a tiny company taking a massive swing at something and hit, we hit a home run uh, with, that was the uh, awesome con. Or a swing and a miss that DC. basically puts a guy that had been running cons for years out of the game. Like tell that story briefly if you don't mind. Well, that was that was interesting. We had, uh, and I don't want to say too much because my uh, my involvement was was pretty limited. But it was ground floor, and we ten xed a con that we we did one in D.C. at the convention center one year just to see if we could do one. It was very small. We used one salon in the uh, D.C. convention center. So that's like a. Are you saying like a wing, essentially? Not even a wing, just like a, a, just one of the big rooms. Oh, okay. And there's the big major concourse, and across the hall are like you know there were four rooms that size on that floor in that sector right. of the Each convention. Each one of center. those would be able to hold a huge event. Uh, a medium-sized event or but a the, giant wedding. The, <laughs> Like, yeah, way too big for a wedding, right. but, you know, there were a bunch of vendors. We had our media guests. That was my job, was to manage the media guests. First year we did it, we had five. Mm -hmm. And they were some 
uh, some voice actors and some uh, people who were on like Walking Dead, some actors and you, you know, and it was really fun and it was a small event, but it was a huge success. The next year we 10 X'd it. I had 45 guests to take care of, which was bonkers. Mm. And we used mm, like two full floors. We used probably a, you know, the first year we probably, and these numbers may not be great, but the first year we used maybe a tenth of the convention center. The next year we used like half or two-thirds of it. And the following year we used the whole place. Wow. And those events continue to be, it's coming up. They're selling tickets now. I think they do it in March. This is called Awesome Con? Awesome Con in Washington, D.C. I've heard of it. And so after the second or third year, uh, we did, uh, we were going to do more in more cities, cities that didn't have a con like this. So we uh, were, we did one in Indianapolis, you know, you know, we threw a party for 10,000 people and like 2,000 came. Ouch. It was, uh, you know, it was tough. And so the organizer ended up having to, uh, He's still in the game. He still runs. He runs a con in February in a in Fairbanks, Alaska. That is like in its fifth year and is a huge success. Wow. And he pulls a lot. You know, he's got relationships with a lot of the guests that he's had at all these cons. Man. And so he's still he's still in the game. Um, but man, I. Uh, yeah. Adam West at the end of that. <laughs> At the end of that uh, Indianapolis, I saw him. He was leaving the hotel to go home or whatever, and he's like, "Oh man, sorry, sorry, how that went? Can I loan you twenty bucks?" Just whistled it. it. So I just whistled funny. into the microphone. <laughs> it was so. It was so funny, and uh, and and uh, you know, I can't believe how how well Ben was the guy who who put the whole thing together. But he's still in the game, and he's still doing it. He loves to do it, and he's very good at it. Well, the best laid plans of Mice and Ben occasionally go awry. Not often, but he's back in the game, and I I think the thing it points out to is that as we've gone through and we've tried to do things here for Franklin Street, having markets and other events and things, the level of breath-holding between different iterations – and I think that might be the issue with Flavortown Fest. They just came in, and it was going to be the biggest thing of the summer right off the bat. Talk about uh, the risks that you would have taken 10xing the thing without having run it previous times. I think you know you you at least followed the stairway path. You went from one right. to two to three, and, and three was a disaster. But you know these guys may have tried to go uh, right to the second landing, one jump. Well, and and I don't know, but f- f- what I learned is that I do not have the appetite for that kind of risk, where you spend a year or t- actually these are multi. You you're planning a couple cons out. You're planning years in advance, and everything has to click on one weekend. Yeah, and there are no do-overs. Oh, and we've seen great local festivals, uh, Old Hilliard Fest, a couple years, not all in a row. But I think two out of three years really hampered by weather in the final years of the festival. And 
you take a couple stumbles uh, with large-scale events where there's a lot on the line, uh, and there's risks involved. There's definite risks involved. And Guy Fieri uh, suffered a, a setback with Flavortown Fest, but I'm sure that man will bounce back. He's a he's an indefatigable uh, energy energetic dynamo. Man, that's a lot of that's a lot of that's a lot of syllables for a guy. But uh, I think. He might have a future here in Columbus as far as events are concerned. It just may take another couple runs at it before they really smooth things out. I mean, Rock on the Range hasn't always been uh, the most flawless experience year in and year out, but it persists and does very well because people have made it uh, a huge part of their calendar year after year after year. Like you said, planning for these things year over year over year provides that level of durability that isn't there in some of these stand-up moments sure but when when you've got everything bet on one weekend there are unknowns unknown unknowns that can jump out of the woods and destroy you and so you know that's why i like to have a building i go to and do things and have insurance and they have insurance for these events too uh, but still that uh for for me personally that kind of uh risk is not palatable anymore i you know they've got insurance for those scale of events but you wish it didn't feel like having to bail out of a burning plane <laughs> leaving behind <laughs> everything but right. your parachute right that's a yeah for sure kevin anyway. it, yes. uh have you had any uh experience hilliard wise with things that have kind of started stopped had those ups and downs that maybe could do from another year of iterations is there anything in the history of hilliard that you recall yes there is please uh there was a festival that they had one year and one year only 2015 or 2016 i think it might have been called celebrate and who I can remember tell me that so i have glasses at home they printed up for this well what was celebrate this was the brainchild. Maybe I shouldn't give credit without doing my due <laughs> give diligence. Credit, give credit. <laughs> I won't do this. But the idea was to create a signature event for Hilliard. And they tasked Destination Hilliard with doing this. And that was a whole blow up, too, because they created Destination Hilliard. I don't, they created it. Tourism. And they took some of the money that was set aside for the Hilliard Convention, Hilliard Visitors Bureau, and they said, and they decided to go to Destination Hilliard instead. So the idea was to create a destination event, a signature event for Hilliard. And I'm not so sure they considered Old Hilliard Fest to be that, right. because I love going to it, but most people who go to it are Hilliard alumni live in Hilliard or close to Hilliard. I don't think you have people driving from Circleville, Zanesville, Mansfield to go to the old Hilliard Fest. Yeah, it's not marketed on the level of a county fair, a major county fair or anything like that. And it is only a single day, so. Right. So Hilliard wanted something that would be along the lines of the Tomato Festival in Reynoldsburg or the Popcorn Festival in Marion. Or something the Pumpkin that would, Festival. Well, that's, a, that's a whole other planet. Bum, bum, bum. You need Plane. decades of momentum to do <laughs> yes. a Pumpkin Festival. But you got to start somewhere. So yeah. they looked at a calendar and they looked around and, and they thought, well, you know what? We don't see anything in central Ohio that is in the third weekend of June, which is near the summer solstice. Mm -hmm. So the idea came about, hey, here's what we're going to do. 
We're going to have a festival the third weekend in June, which is honor about the summer solstice. Call it midsummer, and we're going to call it therapy. Celebrate. (laughs) And I went to that, uh, and it it was a bust. It truly was. Oh, it was. Uh, the, the The attendance was not there. It. I don't know. I do not know exactly what they put out in terms of. I don't. I don't know the planning that went into it, but it it was not successful in any. In any way, and it, it, that, it was only that one single year. <laughs> oh, for 2015, mm-hmm. that's very recent. It that's, was about then. I don't know if that was the sure. year. And it's within the convention of the social media bubble, the hype <laughs> bubble surrounding social mm-hmm. media kind of promotions and the ephemeral nature of the ability to promote on social media. You need to be able to create a buzz and sort of a, a ground spring of some sort of pagan sun worshiping cult right. Right. to make a solstice celebration <laughs> we lack- really pop. We were lacking the floral headdresses that would have really pulled that together. A large wicker sculpture. <laughs> and here's another one I remember. The bees! Doing- Not the bees! Oh my God! The bees! <laughs> Sorry. Everybody look, go watch The Wicker Man. The original. <laughs> I do not know if this event still exists. Um, I think, and I could do my homework on this, I think they had it at the Shelby County Fairgrounds before it came to the Franklin County Fairgrounds. I think it was Shelby County. But they had an event called Cruise Fest, and it came to the Franklin County Fairgrounds once in 2007, 2006, maybe a bit earlier. Called Cruise Fest. And if you have a handkerchief out of your back pocket, you're buying. If you have a handkerchief <laughs> out of your front pocket, you're selling. <laughs> I know I was still I was still shooting film, so this might have even been like 2003. Why would you call something Cruise Fest? Well, here's why. It was it was hot rod cars, that, oh, souped sure. up cars that you brought okay. in. Yeah. And the Franklin County Fairgrounds staged this, and we were warned, or warnings came about about. Where they had this event up in Northwest Ohio, and it created traffic jams on the roads um, and a certain clientele of people and behaviors that maybe weren't desirable. So I did go to this, and I've got pictures at home, film pictures. I took it at the court camera. There was a court camera at Roberts Road and Hilliard Rome Road where Canes uh, is now, or not, or um, yeah, Canes. Mm-hmm. Used to be a court camera there. So I dropped this film off. And I remember the day I went in, I said, look, because they had a, uh, I'm not sure what they called it, but it was basically a beauty contest, bikini contest, whatever you want to call it. And the girls, women came out on the stage. They just set a stage up there at the Franklin County Fairgrounds. And two or three women went through, but the fourth one that came out took her top off and spun the top <laughs> around. Here we go. Here we so go. she was topless. And, and from then on, every other woman after that was topless. So I, I dropped the film off. <laughs> and I said... Oh, no! I said to the person at court camera, well, these pictures, there's some women who are topless in these photos. Am I in trouble? Can I drop them off? What do I do? Put them there with the rest of them. <laughs> yeah, they don't care. They there don't were care. other people <laughs> that had rushed over to court camera to get their photos up. But People had rushed right out of the fairgrounds right. and said, develop these, one hour. I need the quick turnaround on this. But uh, I, I don't know how many, I don't know if there were police runs there, if any other problems that 
persisted. But yes, they, oh, there was a vehicle there. I remember they all grouped around this car and they had the, I don't know, the air compressed, air compressed, compressed well, air shocks on it. So the cars are like bouncing two or three feet off the ground. And I guess the object was for the car to break because they would all cheer and yell and shout, and eventually the car would stop. Something would break, the suspension would break or something. Yeah, they bust the hydraulic line. Right, and some of the, these cars had no interior, no motors. They just were, they just had air. Bouncers. The bouncers. I didn't, I didn't know what these were until then. So this is 20 years ago. But they did have that event at the Franklin County Fairgrounds, and it didn't come back. <laughs> and it was called Cruise Fest. Well, there's always And a- I don't know where it went after that, but... Apparently, they needed a home, whoever the promoters and the organizers were, and they were looking for a place to go. And the, the, uh, the place in northwest Ohio, I think it was Shelby County, said, we don't want you back. And they were we going to go, and they wound up down here for, Detroit. for one year. <laughs> you do that in Detroit. <laughs> one of the greatest of all time told me a lesson, and I remember it to this day, strikes and gutters. <laughs> sometimes sometimes you're gonna you know lay it down gonna watch that ball travel the lane you say wow look at that beauty boom strike look at that let's do it again next year let's do it again the year after that sometimes you're gonna step up there and you're lucky that you don't fall on your face yeah and so let's raise a glass yes to the people that try let's raise a glass to the doers and let's it, raise a glass to the people it doesn't doesn't work out guess what do it Take another swing at it. Take another swing if you can. Take uh, another swing. We've been out here doing nothing but taking swings all our professional lives, <laughs> and uh, uh, we wound up talking to you in a cold warehouse. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Hilliard, uh, hopefully there will be something in the in the vein of Guy Fieri's Flavor Town Fest uh, to satisfy our summer festival desires here going into the future. I know that uh, Hilliard's Freedom Fest has always done a nice job making use of public resources, the park, uh, bringing in good acts, and and making it a very community-oriented event. So we look forward to another one of those this year in July. We have a few other things coming up uh, as the weather turns and improves, and hopefully uh, no more tornadoes this season. And uh, just being a a midweek kind of update for the Hilliard Beacon, this will probably come out with... uh, a couple of articles in the rearview mirror. We talked a little bit about uh, a couple of quick hits over the weekend that we put out. And Kevin, if you wanted to mention a few of those things briefly, just to refresh them in our readers' minds, we had uh, some information about the well, I think, came up again. And then we had uh, the state of the city address is coming up. And you talked a little bit about uh, what city manager Crandall is kind of previewing for that. So do you have anything else on oh, those two pieces? or the, Yes. Uh, on the Move. Is that the name of it? I wrote I think the story. So, yes. Right. Uh, so I don't know beyond, I don't know, I'm not sure what is in her address yet. I'll reach out maybe and ask the administration or, or, or ask City Manager Crandall if, if she's willing to share a little of a preview that I can write uh, in the next month or so. Uh, but her uh, her addresses have themes. So on the move is the theme of this. So I would expect uh, Michelle Crandall and David Meadows and other members of her administration to be speaking to what lies over the horizon and in the future of Hilliard and and the goals and the great things that they want to bring to the city in terms of in terms of development. I would expect in terms of amenities that are available to the residents and those who live here. 
Well, we're entering into that uh, time of the year where things are kind of shaping up for going into the legislative calendar. There's going to be all sorts of things throughout the season. We'll look forward to keeping you in the loop on that. It's been pretty quiet in Hilliard City Council sessions. We're talking about uh, backyard chicken and beekeeping ordinances and things of that nature. But we're keeping an eye on those things, and we hope to get some interviews uh, with some school personnel here in the next couple of weeks. And uh, just more of what you've come to expect from us as the Hilliard Beacon reporting on the local community. We would love to have you uh, join us as either a paid member at either the $5 monthly, $55 yearly, or founders level. Or if you can, just become a free subscriber because we will always maintain our commitment to important public reporting being out in front of any paywall we would ever put on uh, the Hilliard Beacon. So anytime's a good time to sign up. Anytime's a good time to join us on our mission of providing good, honest, direct community local reporting to you about the things that matter in our uh, fair city. So until next time, I think I'll just wrap it up here uh, and bid adieu to my good friends, Tim and Kevin. And uh, we'll catch you on the flip side, Hilliard. Thank you and goodbye.